Today we are here talking about the scientific revolution. No, this is not the day the scientists finally took up arms against each other and overthrew those mean non-scientists. I apologize, something seems to be going wrong with my voice. Let me try again. Actually, I've always wanted to try this. Let the beat rock. No. Instead, this is talking about revolution and the idea of a time that changed the world. Meaning that the world would be different ever after, and it's going to be because of idea. The big idea here is that they are going to find new ways to find truth. And you might be saying, well, how do I find truth? That's a good question. Maybe you're like me and you go to the internet. Or you're like my friend King Henry who loves fortune cookies. Well, prior to the scientific revolution, the number one place in Western Europe and most of Europe where they found truth was from religion. What this meant was truth had already been discovered or given to us by God. And thus all we had to do to learn that truth was either pray, read the Bible, or perhaps go and listen to our elders or the church. Now we have to remember there's a couple changes that have happened in the last couple centuries that really affected the way people lived and thought. During the Reformation, people suddenly had a choice in religion. And people are forced for the first time to answer the question, which one of these is right? Can both be right? How do I make that decision? Also, explorers had come back from the New World and brought back animals and plants that people had never seen before. This idea that there were undiscovered things was a new, new idea. Now, it's important to remember that at that time there was no job scientist. Instead, there were natural philosophers who were investigating both nature and society. Now, the first thing to realize is that it's really hard to tell what is going on in the sky without a telescope. And let's admit that most of us, while having looked through a telescope, have never really tried to track the Earth, how it is moving through the solar system. Now, I want you to think about this for a second and tell me which of these ideas seems more reasonable. One, that we are standing still, and every day the sun goes around the Earth. Why might you think that? Well, if you have eyes, or you could feel, you would say, hey, I'm not really moving very fast. Now, science has taught us today that the Earth is actually moving around the sun at approximately 67,000 miles per hour. I know, Mr. Sterrett, you're saying that's almost as fast as you run. That is true. Now, we are also spinning at a speed of 1,000 miles per hour at the equator. If you'd like to find out exactly how fast you are supposedly spinning, you need to multiply that speed by the cosine of your latitude. Stop while everyone goes and does that. You've done that? Very good, me too. I have no idea actually how to solve that. And which of those seems more reasonable? I would say to me it does not feel like we are spinning, and it certainly does look like the sun is traveling around us. It is going to take scientists a lot of time, realize many of them are gonna do this without telescope, to try and figure this out. Now, you might be saying, Mr. Sterrett, 
who cares whether we are going around the sun or the sun is going around us, what effect does that have on whether or not Katy Perry is tweeting today? It doesn't. This is going to be about the idea of where do we get truth. And the scientific revolution is going to tell us that we can get truth and new truth that no one has discovered yet by using what will become known as the scientific method, mathematics, and logic. Now, if you're anything like my students, you don't particularly like logic. Just kidding. I can see some people already growling at me. Now, this will cause a problem because it will be seen as a challenge to the church's authority who believe that they are always right. I really hate when other people think they're always right and don't recognize that I am. For well over a thousand years, people had believed in what was known as the Ptolemaic system. Ptolemy was a Greek astronomer, and he was pretty good. He set up the solar system in such a way with the Earth in the center and the moon and the sun and the planets all going around. Very, very reasonable. And many things about it were good. In fact, if you think about it, it's pretty impressive to be able to create a system where we can tell fairly closely where the planets are going to be most of the time. But this was the problem. It only was there most of the time. And it didn't, it starts to not match up with new mathematical calculations. Interestingly enough, it is actually going to be a Polish priest, once again, much like Martin Luther, a Catholic and a believer, who proposes actually that the sun is in the center. And how does he prove this? By observation, by constant study, and by math. Let us start with a man who was born in 1473, almost 20 years before Columbus sailed, named Nicholas Copernicus. And with him, the scientific revolution begins. Copernicus sets up what is known as a heliocentric system, which means sun-centered, as, as opposed to the previously thought of geocentric system, or earth-centered. Now, it doesn't seem like a big deal, and I should mention that later they're going to find out that Copernicus is wrong, but it moves us towards this idea that we as humans can figure things out. Now, safe to say Copernicus knew that this would cause a problem, because he wrote a very famous letter to the Pope telling him, hey, I don't mean to bother you, and also he waits until about two months before his death to publish his book. Now, obviously, he probably didn't have his death timed out, but he was sick at that time. What does the church's response? Well, they excommunicate him posthumously, meaning after he's dead, and ban others from pushing the Copernican system. Now, if you're anything like my students again, once I tell them not to do something, they see the wisdom of my ways, agree with me, and never do it again. Now, that would be a wonderful, wonderful life. Instead, other scientists will come along and pick up this torch and push it further along. And the guy who's going to be really famous for this is going to be a man named Galileo. Galileo, who is born, you know, born about 100 years after Copernicus's birth, was an Italian. And he is going to be one of the first people to start using, effectively, a newly developed telescope. And he will make improvements on the telescope. Even though he doesn't uh, create it, 
he does improve upon it. And he is going to believe, and this is going to be sort of a fundamental idea, that the physical world and all its mysteries operate under a system of laws that we can discover using math and science. I know you all love math and science, and this is a pretty crazy idea at the time. Previously, the world was governed by laws that God had made, and God had made certain animals, and God made everything. I am not here to agree or disagree with that, but realize that this is a new way of looking for at it, and it is empowering to the scientists to believe that they can figure this out. Not surprisingly, the Catholic Church responds a lot like Mr. Sterrett does when people say that he's wrong. They call a big conference um, and sentence the person to disagree or to house arrest, which I have done and excommunicate them. Fortunately, I'm not quite as successful. But it doesn't stop people from reading Galileo and pushing the idea. Remember, the important part is not whether what where the center of the universe is, but more along the idea that we can start figuring it out. In fact, as I said earlier, Copernicus was wrong, right? That Copernicus and Galileo seem to think that this uh, Earth goes around the sun and the planets go around in circular orbits, and later Tycho Brahe is going to prove that it actually happens in ellipses. And I promise you right now, something you're learning in science, something you're learning in history, something you're learning in math is wrong. We don't know what it is yet, but we're going to find something else new. And that's what scientific revolution has us doing. Not just studying the past, but looking to discover new ideas. And one of the biggest proponents of this is the man named Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton is one of the great geniuses of the age. One of my heroes, the physicist, the astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, has called him the smartest man who ever lived. I'm not saying I couldn't beat him in Scrabble, but let's just give it to Isaac Newton for If things were moving around the universe, why didn't they just fly out into space? Why do they keep going around and around in a circle, or in this case, an ellipse, Right? Why does it happen? And so he is going to go and come up with and discover the idea of gravity. Now, a lot of people like to tell the story of an apple hitting Isaac Newton on the head and suddenly he figures it out. There was not math at the time that could fully explain gravity mathematically. And so Isaac Newton had to go and invent calculus. That's a difficult, difficult math class. And probably a lot of you are not happy with Isaac Newton for doing it. But he goes and does this, and he proves as far as he can, or he shows, demonstrates mathematically, that gravity exists as an attraction between all bodies in the universe. Now, once again, it's not super important that we all understand gravity. Most of us realize that we cannot fly, I can't dunk a basketball, I know you're shocked. But the idea is now that everything in the universe in the universe is governed by the same laws. The same thing that affects here, affects us here, it's affecting someone in Mercury, and we can keep discovering this. And Newton is going to be another push towards the idea of we need to observe and test and find the truth, discover the truth. 
He is not anti-religion, but he's about discovering the truth. We're going to look at two major ways of finding truth that are developed here. The first one is called empiricism, and it's going to be brought up by probably the most delicious person we're going to study, a man named Francis Bacon. Now, it's important to realize that Francis Bacon is actually not a scientist, but he is a humanist, and this idea of learning and science should be used to improve humanity. His way of finding truth that he said is that we should examine nature and empirical evidence or data to find truth rather than just looking in books to learn something. So this really is the idea of the scientific method that we hypothesize, we observe, we test, we test, we test, and by going out and testing, we find new truth. Now, the other way of finding truth that's going to come out of here is going to be rational deduction. And the man who comes up with this is Rene Descartes. Now, you may already love Descartes because he does develop a lot of geometry. I know, more people who invented math. Great heroes of the day. So, he's a French mathematician, and he really bring, invents what's known as analytic geometry. And he's going to push this idea of deduction, or proofs. The basic idea here is, we take facts that we know, and we reason by using facts upon facts to get to another conclusion. One of his great ideas was, je pense donc je suis, which said, I'm turned up. No, that's not what it means means I think, therefore I am. Meaning in some way he knew that everything that thinks has to exist, and he knew he thought, and thus he exists. This is going to be a new way of finding truth. We're going to go take what we know, a truth that we know, take another truth, and then find something new. For example, let's say that we know and only fish breathe in the water. I don't know if that's true, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. But let's say that's true. And we discover a new creature that breathes in the water, underwater. According to Descartes, then, we would know that because that all fish, only fish breathe in the water, that this creature breathes in the water, that it must be a fish. Now you're saying... How is this useful? It really is this about this idea that we can start to logically figure things out. And by thinking and reasoning, we discover new truth. And that's what I hope that you all do. Thank you so much. This has been King Henry's Podcast. Take us out, King Henry. Deuces. Deuces.